Hey, welcome back. Robert Fleming here. I'm sitting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, one of my partners. We are both partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And you're listening to our weekly podcast, Elder Law Issues. Elizabeth, uh, kind of an evergreen topic that I'd like to go back to. We've touched on it in various ways. I want to take a little bit different run at it today. And that is documents, your actual estate planning documents, what to do with them after you've signed them, where you should keep them, how you make changes to them, all of the kind of related things. Now, we've talked before about the fact that Fleming and Curdy ordinarily does not keep original copies, originals of people's estate planning documents. Why don't we do that? Wouldn't it be convenient and easy and make us more money if we held on to the originals? You know, Robert, that's a pretty outdated way of thinking. I'm sorry to break it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of outdated. No. Well, one of the things that you and Tom Curdy, the other founding partner of our practice, taught me is that people should have their own documents. They paid for them. People should be able to have their originals, which they can revoke, they can shred, they can revise, they can change whenever they want. We don't want to have someone feel like that person has to return to our practice in order to update their documents. And there's that kind of notion you create if you hang on to somebody's original documents. So Robert, as a practice, I only agree to hang on to someone's original documents in the event that Fleming and Curdy is nominated as a fiduciary and we are the primary point of contact on all matters that relate to that person in the event of his or her incapacity, meaning nobody else is in charge, meaning there's not other people that would be looking for the documents or needing them. Those are cases where I will often agree to keep them. Um, But again, that's a conversation with the client at that point in time about why um, he or she doesn't want to keep the originals in their home. I think your point, though, when we talk about documents and copies and clients, I really try and discourage people from taking lots of extra copies of the original documents that they just signed. The reason being, Robert, is that we see people end up having a whole series of extra copies of old documents that have no bearing on their current estate plan. We see people have old drafts. What happens, Robert, is as people age, sometimes as fiduciaries come in to administer an estate, things can get confusing when there are these old drafts, old versions, old copies. So I really, Robert, I do push back when we have clients who say, you know, Elizabeth, I've got five kids. I'd like five duplicates of everything to share with my kids. Then I say to the client, are you really going to share those five duplicate copies of everything right now with the kids? Oh, no, they might need them later. Well, if that's the case, then let's deal with it later. Let's not give you all these extra copies that are going to start floating around and confusing you in 10 years. You know, I I can't tell you, Elizabeth, how many times clients have come in, made substantial changes to their estate plan, and then I hear from them a year or two later, they'd picked up a copy of their trust. They'd accidentally picked up a copy of the trust that we replaced, amended completely, maybe restated. Uh, and they see that, oh, there's still a provision in there for that person who was involved in their life they wanted to take out, and they thought they had done that, and they call in a panic, they make an appointment, they come in and say, we need to update this to take out this person who's no longer in my life, and I say, yeah, we did that two years ago, and uh, so you're good, you don't need to do anything more. Uh, And so they've created anxiety, they've created some potential confusion, 
um, all because they have old copies of documents, not even our documents. So not only do I say, don't make more, don't have us make more copies than you need, but also please bring us all your old documents, every copy you can find, so that we can shred them for you. We are very big on shredding our clients' old documents every chance we get. Robert, sometimes people will say, well, should I hang on to that deed from the piece of real estate that I sold 15 years ago that I have no relationship with now? And I say, yeah, you should probably make sure we've got an electronic copy of that somewhere. But unless you have an existing relationship or interest in a piece of real estate, hanging on to old deeds of real estate that you no longer own, that can create a lot of problems for somebody when you've died because we have people all the time bring in old deeds and they say, you know, I never knew that my mother had two other homes in Tucson. And then we look at the assessor's site and we can then go to the recorder site, Robert, and see that maybe mom owned those 25 years ago. They were transferred 22 years ago. Right. Yes. Happens all the time. All that old paper really uh, begins to wear people down. And as you pointed out, Elizabeth, as you as you age and maybe get a little less involved in your financial affairs, maybe a little bit demented or a little forgetful, um, it's really easy to get all agitated again by the documents that when you saved them, you knew they had no continuing significance, but uh, but they're hard to throw away. That's That's right, Robert. And I would tell folks, if you've got a question, if you should keep something, just ask us, just come on in, bring the paperwork with you. We'll let you know. I think the one one piece of advice that I have that that does go astray of this, you know, simplify, shred, get rid of, actually has to do with death certificates. So I will tell people if you've got a death certificate of your great grandfather, you know, just hang on to it. The because, original. The original death certificate, correct? Right. Because death certificates are are pretty hard to come by if you need an original and you don't already have one so that is the one i would say asterisk that i'm going to put on our podcast today if you have a death certificate that is an original death certificate and it may be for a relative who is no longer alive i think twice before shredding it they can just be so hard to get um, new copies or new certified originals issued so that's kind of the one i think um one disclaimer I would make to folks today. One of the things that, another thing that I see often is a client will go home with their trust and will and powers of attorney and one copy. And and by the way, if people say we would like three copies, we don't argue with them. We'll give them three copies. We don't charge extra. As you point out, Elizabeth, you might ask, now why do you need three copies? But we will do it. So clients go home with an original and a copy and then two, three years later, they pull out the copy and they mark it up, thinking that they've made changes to their estate plan. Or, even worse, they pull out the original and mark it up, thinking that they've made changes to their estate plan. Too often, they haven't made changes at all. Sometimes, pretty often, they've just added confusion and increased the, the legal cost that's going to be associated with interpreting the things that they have written. Um, you know, if you you left $20,000 to a longtime caretaker who you loved or somebody who helped with your mother when she was ill, and then one day you pull out your document and draw a big X through it because you no longer have any connection to that person, 
what the heck does that mean? And how do we know it was your X? And oh, I'm going to initial it? Yeah, that doesn't help. So be careful with the originals. Don't keep extra copies. Shred stuff that is no longer significant with the caveat that you don't want to shred your original estate planning documents or Elizabeth, as you say, original death certificates, no matter how ancient, how historic. Uh, those are the hardest things in the world to replace. Why are death certificates hard to replace? Well, Robert, they're not something that you or I can issue. They're actually something you need to get from a government entity, and there's a whole process to make the request. You can't just request a random stranger's death certificate, Robert. It's um, the Department of Vital Records, which is connected to, is it the Arizona Health and Human Services Department? or The, uh, the health department. Health department, yeah. Uh, well, and, and that's true in Arizona and in other states, there are different and equally confusing rules. So if you say, oh, I have this piece of real estate in Illinois, I need to demonstrate that my my late husband died, uh, I just need to send a death certificate to them. We, as your lawyers, probably can't get the death certificate out of Nebraska where he died to go to the Illinois uh, registrar in order to to recognize his death. Only you can get that. So if you have a death certificate, don't throw it away. That's why those are important. Everything else, feel free to shred old documents. And Elizabeth, I'm going to disagree with you. If you have an old deed from 15 years ago, don't even bother to scan it. Just shred it. We can get that one from the recorder's office if we ever need it. If, you've, if you're 15 years out of that property, simplify. I know that Marie Kondo has, has gone back on her on her simplification uh, rules, but this is one that's still good. Get rid of paper. Paper Everybody. does bring people joy, though, Robert. So we have, <laughs> we have, we do have to be careful. We do have to be careful. We have those folks who love paper, but yes, no, indeed. it's uh, it's something that we we find ourselves talking to clients about a lot, and and we just love it if you'd call us and ask us what you should do before you start shredding or before you start. I don't know, writing on documents or sending out copies of right. of old things. So I hope that helps helps you figure out what to do with your original documents. Hold on to the originals. You probably don't need the copies. Don't mark on the originals. And uh, join us for our next Elder Law Issues podcast. I'm Robert Fleming, and you've been listening to me and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, two of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming & Curdy PLC. Talk with you next time.